Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Optimism and hope for the future characterize America and the spirit of its citizens. In our darkest hours, there has never been a doubt that through hard work and determination, our nation would survive and prosper. That spirit was based on the belief that our system of government, based on our Constitution, was designed to guarantee equality of opportunity for each of us and a fair and consistent application of the law. There was to be no ruling class or tyrant like King George, the British monarch we rid ourselves of in our war of independence. Those we elected to represent us as individuals and to represent the interests of the sovereign states were supposed to perform that specific task. Go to the nation's capital, perform the very limited duties assigned to the central government by the Constitution, and return home to live among their peers under the rules and laws they had enacted. Each time a citizen votes for a candidate, he is expressing his optimism and hope that the candidate once elected will understand, accept, and fulfill his role as a true representative of his electors and not succumb to the ever-present temptations that come from greed and a lust for power. As our central government continues to usurp power, eviscerate the Constitution, and ignore the rule of law, it becomes increasingly more difficult for citizens to believe that their voice and opinion matters. In fact, most of us have become disillusioned with the entire process of government and the party establishment that demands uniformity of agendas instead of obedience to the moral principles of our founders and the divinely inspired constitutional law they gave us two centuries ago. The optimism and hope of our citizens has been replaced by alienation and cynicism for good reason. The grievances of our founders against King George that resulted in our Declaration of Independence in 1776 are no different 
than the unconstitutional usurpation of power by our gargantuan federal government today that robs us of our individual freedoms, appropriates and wastes the fruits of our individual labor, steals our private property, and does so without allowing us our constitutionally protected redress of grievances. It is far, far worse than mere taxation without representation. When such a travesty occurs, where must we turn? We seek the guidance leadership, and courage of true patriots. Dr. Greg Brannan, my guest on Freedom Forum Radio, is just such a man, a staunch supporter of our Constitution, individual freedom, free market economy. He is a medical doctor, a practicing OBGYN in Cary, North Carolina, who ran for the U.S. Senate in 2014 by mounting a strong grassroots campaign. On October 7th, he announced the formation of Organize for Liberty, a 501c4 nonprofit organization dedicated to encouraging and protecting constitutionally limited government, individual sovereignty, and the inalienable rights of the individual through education, activism, and grassroots organization. It is my honor and privilege to welcome Dr. Greg Brannan to Freedom Forum Radio. Dr. Dan, thank you very, very much. Um, and I'm, it's an honor to talk to another fellow patriot fight for individual liberty. I truly appreciate it. Tell us about Organize for Liberty. Well, Organize Liberty germinated during the campaign. Now, you stated our campaign, um, we mounted truly grassroots. I mean, we stood in the principles of individual liberty. We stood in the idea of private property. We stood on the idea that the, the individual is superior to the collective, not the collective over this individual. And during that campaign, Santa, we're, doing, we're doing a couple things, trying to educate and win. But what Organized for Liberty is, it's going to be the educational arm. It's going to be the idea of using organizational skills, the social media aspects, organize, educate, historical data, give the tool sets of, of the 21st century to really get these decentralized organizations that are, and I want to, we want to keep them decentralized to help with information, vertical and horizontal, to build this idea based upon, again, liberty and freedom are superior to coercion and compulsion. If we do that correctly, the beautiful structure of our government can be, you know, can be infiltrated with people that understand this because the true keepers of the Constitution, according to George Washington, is we the people. And what happened is we've abdicated our role. I, the great thing about this whole movement, uh, Dan, is that the cause of the problem is the man and woman in the mirror, because we've advocated our role. And the solution to our problem is the man or woman in the mirror. Because if we just get involved, everything changes. And that's where we're at in this process, and we're excited about the opportunity. You know, I think it's a great effort that you're mounting. You said one thing that I think is really key, and that is history. If you understand the history of our nation, and if you understand how history throughout time has led to the rise and fall of republics, then you can teach people what to look for, and you can show them what they have to do to prevent our great nation from going the same route. I agree. And then here's the thing is, is the idea of what is a legitimate role of a government, that's crucial. And what's, ha what, what's very clear of that is a great articulation in the second paragraph of our declaration. 
says, we hold these to be self-evident. Self-evident is actually added by Benjamin Franklin. We hold these to be self-evident. No debate, no argument. It's as clear as day that we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Among those, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So we, that's, that's, in, that's ingrained in our DNA. That's who we are. The very next sentence explains what a legitimate role of government is, be it local, be it state, be it federal, states, that to secure these rights, which rights? The rights of the individual, the inalienable rights. To secure these rights, a government institutes amongst men driving the just powers for the sense of government. So you and I are the sovereign. We're the ones made in this image. We're the ones bestowing to our trustees, our representatives, to follow the contract. And then the moment a government oversteps their bounds, it's tyrannical. And that's exactly what Jefferson said. He had the gall to call it tyranny. 28 things he called tyranny. So that's what we want to take it. I don't care if the issue is health care, foreign wars, taxes. If anything infringes upon the individual's inalienable rights, it is wrong. That's why they must use coercion and compulsion debate. In our campaign, I was, I was um, attacked by the Republican establishment because I said my, my race, my ethos of my life is principle over party, principle over party. And I ask people, is there any inkling to historical data? Doesn't the phrase a good party member scare you? I'm a good party member. That's what the problem in, in Russia was, in Germany was, a party member. And Washington, 200 years before all this, warned us in the, in the federal address. He said, don't have factions. Don't have these parties. You're going to go down a path that you're going to leave your core financial principles. And that's why it's more important to have the oath to the constitutional principles. And this is important to the Constitution. The Constitution is six pages. Six. It is a contract that changed the general of federal government. It does not change Dan or Greg. It changed them. And our founders, by Ardell, Hamilton, used the example of a trustee to a will. You know, you make a trustee to a will. Your trustee cannot change your enumerative function. They must follow their your protocol or they go to jail. So that's why it's important to understand that you are the solution. You're the sovereign. So, so Dan, our campaign was that. In, in North Carolina, just a week and a half ago, you saw the General Assembly and the governor. We were told, liberty lovers, Tea Party lovers, when you lose in the primary, don't take your ball and go home. You know, you know, give us, we'll, well, we know where the money goes. What happened was, as you know, in the NCGOP, two liberty lovers became chairman and vice chairman. And what did the party do? They took their ball and went home. They want the money and the power. They've been exposed themselves. So OFL, Organized for Liberty, is what we're going to do. We're looking to educate, organize, grassroots, tool set, because I believe in a mano-a-mano war, a battle of ideas, truth, and liberty is going to win the day. We're going to win the day. We just have to gut to fight it out. You know, you said something so important when you said principle over party. What we have had for the last hundred years is party over principle. And if you look at the current Republican race, the outsiders far outpace. Over 60 percent of the people polled want someone who is not currently involved in government to be a leader. And it's obvious why we have been betrayed by the people that we send year after year up to Washington or to our state houses even, all they can think about is the agenda of the party. Uh, that is why we're in the trouble we're in. We have not right. stuck to a principle. Yeah, I agree. And that, yeah, that's, but again, in our campaign, I didn't waver. 
I spoke at Republican functions, Republican everywhere, as well as outside that. Republicans were dying to hear the truth because we're supposed to be so and so the the um, the party of the Constitution. But when you look at the actual um, execution of that, it's all rhetoric. It's a fraud. It's a complete fraud. We must blow the facade away. We must understand there are two parties in America. There's a party of the state, the party of the progressives, the party of the collective. That state has the oligarchy, the elite, make laws, exempt themselves, and they crush the individual. The other party is a lover of liberty and freedom. You know, it's the Statue of Liberty, the Liberty Bell, giving liberty or death. It's not party liberty, the philosophy of American experiment. The philosophy is what our battle's about, and that's what OFL is all about. Organizedforliberty.org. That is our battle. We're going to take the battle, the philosophy that you are free and articulate that with every single issue. And that's what we're going to do. And I believe we're going to do this because, again, the establishment do, and I'm talking about the progressive establishment, they do not want this debate. They do not want to debate and then be held accountable to the Constitution in which they are bound to hold in Article 6. I guarantee you 99% of the people in Raleigh, Albany, Sacramento, and D.C. would not know how many articles in Article 1 there are, what powers they have, what powers they don't have. They have no clue. It's become a rule of men, not the rule of law. And this is really what's important, Dan, is the education part of this. So you talked before. The Supreme Court does not have supreme power on what a law is. In the Constitution, the legislative branch makes all, all law and has 33 functions. The executive branch, the president, has 13 functions, period. And none of it is to make law, to make uh, uh, appropriations, none of that. And, in fact, the, according to Hamilton and Madison, the president does not become commander-in-chief until Congress declares war. And number three, the Supreme Court has six functions, and none of this to make law, and all these, whatever is not listed there, is at the discretion of Congress. I've written papers on pro-life, how to eliminate abortion tomorrow constitutionally. We have to understand the idea of nullification, interposition. These are the powers our founders gave you and me to stand up. So we have parties debate health care. The question is, that's not a federal function, period. Free market is the answer. When they debate the reallocation of your private property and my private property and this private property to keep themselves in power to give other people, that's thievery. See, we have to take this out and not vote for lesser two evils. And that's why, again, I was very fortunate our campaign was that way, preparing for that. But you know what? We as individuals, we capitulate and say, well, my R is better than your D. No, not at all. They vote the same way. We know about Planned Parenthood's uh, abomination for 40 years. Why something now? Because it became public. And we could do this stuff, Dr. Dan, if we're educated. Here's what I think. Here's the education, as we talked about before. You, know, you were quoting Burke and, and Santana about history. And, and, and Burke says, if, you're, if you don't remember history, you're, you're, you're damned to repeat it. And, 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 and Burke says, if you don't know history, you're damned to repeat it. I believe it's that. It's not that we don't remember it. We don't know it because of Common Core, progressive educators. We don't know the great history of freedom. We just don't know it. So what happens is you're going to make mistakes over and over again. So once you know the historical data and you understand the pie, you could adjust it to today. And that's why I believe what Farrah Douglas talked about. We're not going backwards in time. We're looking at foundational principles that are timeless. So when you apply uh, all men are created equal, all men are created equal, which has never happened in American history yet, when we get to that point, I think the best for America is in the future, as long as all of those timeless constitutional principles. But again, constitutional is only constitutional, Dan, if it's based in God's natural law. Example I use, if tomorrow 
the federal government passed a law that says everybody named Dan and Greg must be killed, and the Supreme Court says it is law, what is the, what is the repercussions for that? Well, that's what the states say, that's out of your paw, that's out of your ability, and the answer is no. Not, no Dan's or Greg's will be touched. We have to apply those principles, sir. That's what OSL is about. Understand this battle stream, be prepared for our training, and then go to battle and win for individual liberty. You know, you've discussed something that's really important, and that was the concept of the so- of the sovereign states. And that really was the concept of the Constitution to begin with. Thirteen sovereign states gave up a little tiny piece of their individual sovereignty to a central government and says, here are, eight, here are a few little things, 17 things or so that you can do, and that's it. And the important thing, when they made that contract— the federal government was not a party to the contract. It was the creation of the sovereign states. And so, as that, so when you come right down to it, they do not have the power. For instance, the Supreme Court does not have the power to judge constitutionality. It's we, the states, and the people of the states are the ones who would judge constitutionality of laws. And you're right, they gave us. Our founders gave us three powerful tools to keep the federal government in check, nullification, interposition, and secession, all three of which are completely legal and constitutional. And that's why it's so important that we understand that. And that's why, as you have stated so correctly, Greg, we must teach the history so that when you understand history, then you have the chance of not repeating those mistakes that have been made over and over again out of ignorance. Well, Dan, look at this. You're a trained ophthalmologist. I'm a trained pelvic surgeon, obstetrician. We studied 10, 15, 18 years after high school to prepare for this field. We are sending rank amateurs who say, I'm not talking about the lawyers, I'm not saying that be trained enough to train by today's progressive education. That's what I'm saying is. But we send people to say, I'm a pilot, I know the Constitution. I've been at debates where they've asked people, name one, name one function in Article 1, Section 8, and the guys can't answer one. And yet, they're congressmen today. Okay, that is because our, you would never trust that with your doctor, your airline pilot, anything, your plumber. But we do it for this reason. That's because we are, again, we're ignorant in, what we, uh, in the power we have. But you said something very importantly about the position, and this is very important. The country of North Carolina was here 150 years before the country of the United States of America. I mean, let's understand where the power comes from. It is a, it is a contract, as you said, parties to the contract are the ones who make the contract. The parties are superior to the agent. The agent is the general government. And the Federalists that wanted to get the, the Federalists that wanted this thing passed, they had to answer these questions. And Iredell was a man in North Carolina in the Hillsborough Convention of 1788 who wanted the Constitution passed. So for a week and a half, he had to answer questions. It was the Constitution line by line. And the reason why I use Iredell a lot is because Iredell once North Carolina said yes to the Constitution, he was the first man appointed to the Supreme Court by George Washington. So let's see what he has to say. In, 80, in 1788, in, in, in uh, Hillsborough, uh, they, were, they were asked by Mr. Timothy Bloodworth, asked him three times in a row, what does, in Article 6, Clause 2, it says the Constitution is supreme law of the land of pursuant thereof. And, I, and, and Mr. Bloodworth wanted, said, what does pursuant thereof mean? And here's what Iredell says. If... Congress, whoever usurp their power and pass a law that's not enumerated, it is null and void in the state. That is a crystal clear 
of what this is about. And the Ninth and Tenth Amendment protect everything. You cannot list all enumerated uh, individual rights. You can't. They're enumerated. Ninth says whatever rights aren't there, you get them all. And the Tenth says whatever powers aren't listed are to the states and the individuals. And this was important to the Constitution. The Constitution is the contract, the body. But the Bill of Rights is not rights granted by the government. It's a list of God-given natural rights that the federal government cannot even have an opinion on, not let alone, not let alone decide upon. They don't have an opinion. But who holds them accountable again? You went back to it. It's state sovereignty. It's, in fact, saying state sovereignty is redundant. By definition, state means sovereign. It's because the McCrory's, the, the uh, Assembly, the uh, governor, the Cuomo's in New York, uh, the governors and the legislators are either ignorant of this, which I believe most of them are, or they understand it, but make sure that we're ignorant of this. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. I get joy in everything. 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 Everything gonna be all right this morning. Thank <laughs> you.